morning, good morning, good morning, my beloveds. Perhaps you may be watching Thursday evening. Good evening to you. Uh, this is the day that the Lord hath made. And of course, we are rejoicing and we are glad in the blessing of the day. Certainly grateful and thankful to have this opportunity to connect with you this Thursday morning for yet another New Testament walk through the word of God. Uh, as we are concluding our study of Paul's letter to the Colossian church, I want to invite you now to get ready. Let's get ready to dive in to today's word. I'm telling you, today's word is one that every believer really wants to connect with. As we are studying uh, from Colossians chapter four, the final verses of the writing of Paul, uh, as he wrote to the church of Colossae, uh, as we deal with today, the wisdom of our words, uh, I'm telling you this, this lesson, this lesson, this lesson, that's all I got this morning. Uh, this lesson is truly going to bless your life and it's going to impact your lives in so many ways. I pray that it really speaks to you as it has spoken to me in my time of study and preparation for this moment in time. I pray and trust as always that you've got your handout, you've got your note-taking material, you've got your Bible, and you're ready to walk through God's word with us today. But before we do it, let's take a moment, let's pray, let's seek the Lord, and let's get ready to dive in to today's word. Join me now in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you now telling you thank you for the blessing of life another day. Thank you for waking us up this morning. Thank you for giving us new life. Thank you for new mercies. Thank you, God, that you continue to look beyond our every fault and continue to supply every one of our needs. God, I tell you, thank you that you have given us this opportunity to rightly divide your word, to allow your word to be applied to our lives, that we might have a closer and stronger walk with you. God, I'm asking you right now that you would use me for your glory. Let no flesh be on parade, oh God, this morning. Use me to say what needs to be said and to do what needs to be done so that your name is glorified as the spirit is exemplified, your people edified, and the devil himself horrified and terrified. I thank you for this chance and I thank you for every chance that you give me to share your word. Bless us now. In Jesus name we pray and we praise. Amen and amen. To God be all of the glory, to God be all of the honor. Listen, last week when we left off, um, a week before last now, because due to the holiday, we did not meet last week. Uh, but when we left off, we were talking about relationships. We were talking about working relationships. We were talking about family relationships. We even spent some time talking about marital relationships, the relationship between a husband and a wife. Uh, we spent a lot of time talking about that um, on last week and making sure that we understood that there is a powerful connection when we apply faith, our faith, to our relationships. Last week, we talked about the fact that with this faith of being applied to relationships, we ought to have stronger marriages. We ought to have stronger families. Our children ought to be stronger in their relationships with God and even with us. And we wrapped up last week talking about 
how even our faith can be seen, watch this, in our work ethic. It can be seen in making sure that even on our jobs, in our careers, we ought be found representing and glorifying God in everything that we do. Well, beloveds, we're going to continue in that vein. We're going to continue flowing in that um, as we continue by looking at the final words of Paul to the Colossian church in chapter number four. Now, remember the whole purpose of Paul writing to the Colossian church was to basically refute, to stop, and to show truth compared to the negativity or the heresies that had been brought up to the people of God. Some of them had gotten caught up in it. Some had been uh, caused to be drifted by the wayside. And so Paul has really spent the last three chapters making sure that they understand that it's not what they say, it's what God says. Stick with what I've taught you. And so in today's lesson, as we look at chapter four, the uh, last uh, 16, 17 verses of chapter four, we're going to actually see Paul take us uh, to another level by making sure that we understand this principle. This is the principle that I want to leave with you in today's teaching. Never underestimate the power of your words. People have often said sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. I've come to determine from experience and encounters of life. That's a lie. That's not true. Words have impact. I want to say that again. Words have impact. And we've got to make sure that we are properly using our words to build up, to edify before we destroy. All right. Dr. Warren Wiersbe said that the power of speech is a gift from God and it must be used in the way that God ordains. In the book of James, James chapter three, James described the tongue as a little fire. He described it as a fire that no man can tame. But what I hope that we will see today is that our words have the ability to do three things. Our words have the ability to direct, our words have the ability to delight, and also our words have the ability to destroy. The tongue can help, but it can also hurt. And so we're going to take a look at that as we look at Colossians chapter four. And that's one of the reasons why I said in the outset, this lesson is, oh my God, is really going to help us as kingdom people understand how powerful our words can really be to impact the kingdom. Are we helping or are we hurting the kingdom with our words? Are we speaking power? Are we speaking positively or are we speaking negatively? We've got to make sure that everything we say brings glory and not shame to the name of the Lord. So we're going to take a look at it today. There, there are basically four points that I want to get over. If you've got the handout, there are four points that I want to get over that we understand how our words can be used to impact the kingdom. All right, let's get started. Let's get started by looking at Colossians chapter four. Colossians chapter four. We want to take a look this morning 
at verses two and three. Let's, let's begin there. Let's begin there. Let's begin with Colossians chapter four, verses two and three. And the English standard version gives us to know these words. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray for us, pray also for us, that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison. Now, we know that these are the words of Paul. Paul is speaking here in this particular uh, passage of scripture. And what we are seeing Paul say to us is how important our words are even as it relates to our prayer. Paul said, I need you to be watchful of your words in my usage of words. He said, I need you to continue in prayer, continue steadfastly in prayer. And even as you are doing this, I need you to be watchful. I need you to pay attention. See, see, one of the highest uh, abilities or usage of our speech, of our words, should be in prayer, praise, and worship. And that's what Paul is telling them here. Don't stop. Continue steadfastly. Don't stop praying. Even when you get what you're asking God to do, keep praying. Be devoted in your prayer life. Be steadfast in your prayer life. Don't just pray when you need something. Don't just pray when you want God to do something. Don't just pray when there are troubles around you, but always pray. Yeah, we find that in the word of God, the gospel of Luke. Jesus taught a parable, teaching the people, the word of God says, I believe it's Luke 18 and one, teaching a parable that reminds mankind that men ought to always pray and never faint, never give up. We, we, we must understand that we must pray without ceasing. That's the command. First Thessalonians 5, 17. It doesn't mean that we should walk around muttering prayers under our breath, but it means that we should be constantly in fellowship with God through our prayers. What are you saying, pastor? Look at what he says. He says in verse two, continue steadfastly in prayer. Why? we must also be watchful in it with thanksgiving. This is not the first time we have heard this. Jesus said in the gospel that we should watch as well as pray, that we enter not into temptation. He said the flesh is willing, the spirit is willing rather, but the flesh is weak. We gotta continue to pray. We must be alert. We must be awake as we pray. We must be found fulfilling the same request of Jesus as the disciples. Teach us how to pray. We need to know how to pray. We need to know what to pray for. So Paul is basically telling us here that we must spend time in prayer. Because here's the thing that I need you to hold on to, people. There is no power in just performance praying. In Matthew chapter six, Jesus dealt with that. And he said to them in Matthew chapter six, look, when he taught them on prayer, 
when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. For the hypocrites love to stand in the synagogues and on the street corners that they may be seen of men. Jesus said, guess what? They've already got their reward. He said, but you, when you pray, enter into your secret closet, Lord have mercy, and shut the door. Mm -hmm. And he said, watch what he says, and pray to the father in secret. And the father which seeth in secret shall reward you openly. See, if there's no fire, if there's no power in our prayers, guess what? It will not reach God. Remember, remember, Psalm 141 verse 2 tells us that there should be a sweet smelling savor that rises up into the nostrils of God. Real prayer, real prayer, steadfast prayer demands spiritual energy and alertness that can only come from a connection with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Routine prayers. Again, Matthew chapter six, Jesus taught this. When you pray, don't use vain repetitions as the heathen do. Don't continue to be praying the same thing over and over and over and over again. Let there be some power to your prayers. You know, sometimes we are guilty. We're guilty. We are guilty of allowing ourselves to be so busy trying to sound deep and spiritual that we miss the opportunity to really connect with God in our prayers. You have got to be able to be real with God. I heard someone say that you talk to God much like you talk to a natural man. Have a conversation. That's all prayer is, is a conversation with God. God, I thank you that you bless me with this day. God, thank you. Now, God, I need you to help me with this. Help me with my homework. Here's my prayer to God. God, help me to be the best JT worthy that I can be. I can't be JT worthy. I can't be what you have purposed and planned for JT worthy unless I allow you to work on me. See, oftentimes we're so busy trying to be cute and philosophical that we miss out on being powerful. May I say that again? We spend so much time, watch this now, we spend so much time being cute and philosophical that we miss out on being powerful. I shared with DYP Nation Sunday morning during our prayer time, I said to them on Sunday that the right actions with the wrong attitude is a combination for a mess. And a whole lot of us have been doing messy kingdom work because we have the right action, but the wrong attitude. So Paul says, look, I need you to pray and then pray steadfast, be watchful. But look at this, be watchful with thanksgiving. If all we do in our prayers is ask God for things and never take a moment to thank him for things, we are missing the mark of our opportunity to pray. That we're missing the mark of communicating with God. There are four things that I wanna make sure that you see here on the point number one. Point number one from today's lesson, we use our words to pray. We use our words to pray, all right? Number one, letter A, 
we must, our prayers must be faithful. Paul said in, in verse number two, that we should be steadfast in our prayers. We must continue to be faithful in our prayers. Even if we don't have anything to ask for, we should be found praying a prayer of thanksgiving, sometimes offering a prayer of intercession, praying for someone else. We must always be praying. Secondly, our prayers must be watchful. Yeah, we've got to watch. We must be alert. We must have some power. Nehemiah chapter four, verse nine said, Nehemiah said, nevertheless, we made our prayer unto God and we set a watch against our enemies day and night. Remember what we said, there is no power in dulled, listless, and I'm gonna add this, programmed prayer. There is no power in it, beloveds. There is no power. We're wasting our time if that's all we're doing. Third thing I need us to see from today's, from point number one, our prayers must be thankful. It must be filled with thanksgiving. Dr. Tony Evans said, if all we do is ask and never thank God for what he gives us, we are selfish. Sincere gratitude to God is one of the best ways that we can put some fire in our prayers. You want to put some fire in your prayer? Find yourself thanking God for what he has done for you. Amen, somebody. Amen, somebody. Amen, everybody. You want to, you want to put some power in your prayers? Be found being real with God. Because I can promise you, if you get real with God, God will get real with you. And then fourth and finally, letter D under point number one, we must use our prayers to be purposeful. Purposeful. We must use our prayers with purpose. Too often our prayers are vague. We're general. Lord, bless this. Lord, bless that. Bless, bless, bless the church. Bless our offering. No, beloved, purposeful. Here's another word. Our prayers must be specific. And I can tell you this, if y'all will allow me a point of personal privilege here, let me tell you, this is something that I share even with young people who are looking for a mate and searching for someone to spend the rest of their lives with, looking for a spouse. Be specific in your prayers. God, I thank you. And I can tell you from personal experience that First Lady is a true example of being specific in prayer. Everything I asked God for some 20 some years ago, when I asked God to send me a mate to help me in ministry. And I want to tell you, it sounds comical, but it's true. I asked God for a certain height. I asked God that she would be able to do this, that she would be able to do that. God, she needs to be able to cook. She needs to be able to understand my demanding ministry. Uh, she must understand my demand as a preacher pastor. She's got to be able to understand uh, my life. She must, all of that, you know, comical, but true. I was told by a mentor worthy. You're looking for a wife. Tell God exactly what you want, because if you don't tell God what you want, you can't get mad at him. If you ask him to send you a wife. Now I'm quoting this. My, my good friend, Bishop uh, Martin Wilson said this to me. He said, if you ask God for a mate, be specific. 
simply because all if you ask God for a wife and that's all you ask for, you can't get mad at him when he sends you witch hazel. Those are his exact words to me. We oftentimes have got to be specific with God. God, I need $5,378 to take care of this. God, I thank you that you're going to release the $5,378 for me to do. We got to learn how to pray at that level. Some folks say it don't take all of that, but that is what purposeful prayer looks like. We've got to be specific. Because the purpose of prayer, look at this, is not so much to get man's will done in heaven. The purpose of prayer is to make sure God's will is done on earth. First John chapter five, verses 14 and 15, teach us that prayer is asking God for that which he wants to do and give according to his will. So our prayers have got to be purposeful. Our prayers have got to be specific. We have got to be real with our prayers. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's look at uh, verses uh, three and four. Colossians chapter four. Let's look at verses three and four uh, there. There we find these words uh, recorded. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison. Verse four, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Now here, beloveds, notice here, notice here that Paul was in prison at the time that he wrote the book of Colossians. He did not ask God at this point, and he did not pray and ask them to pray that God would open the prison doors and set them free. All right. That that's not what Paul asked for. Look at what he says in verse three. He says, pray for us that God will open a door for the word, for the word, for the word. Paul was more in focused on being faithful to his ministry than he was being a free man. His concern was not his personal safety. It was not material gain. It was that the word may go forth. The word may go forth. That, that's the thing we got to remember. Point number two from the handout today, hold on to it. We use our words to proclaim. We use our words to proclaim and look at it here. Look at it here. There are two things that Paul actually says to us as it relates to that. All right. Look at what he says. He says that he was in prison for the mystery of Christ, the mystery of Christ. Look at it. Look at verse three again. Pray for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ. Paul was in prison because of the mystery of Christ and the mystery involved God's purpose for the gospel being shared to those who did not receive it. Mm -hmm. In Acts chapter 21 and 22, we see that, that Paul was arrested in the Jewish temple for sharing the word. 
We see it there. All right. So, so here's the thing that Paul basically shares with us. He basically shares two things. Letter A under point number two, we must understand that the proclamation of the gospel must be empowered by prayer. People of God, understand this. No matter how much preaching and teaching of the word of God I do, if it is not covered, if it is not founded, if it is not surrounded, and if it is not sealed by prayer, it is of non-effect. Amen. Oftentimes I've had people ask me and I've had several ask me, how is it that I can prepare so many lessons in a given week? You know, pastor, you're preaching on Sunday. You do an Old Testament Bible study on Tuesday. You do a Monday motivation, Monday, Monday mornings. Then you come back on Thursday and you do New Testament teaching. And then heaven forbid, pastor, you're in a revival or you got to preach somewhere or you fill in for Sunday school. And how do you do it? It is empowered by prayer. Before I even sit down to begin to sketch a sermon manuscript or prepare a Bible study lesson or even prepare that 15, 20 minute Monday motivation that airs Monday mornings. I've got to cover it in prayer. Matter of fact, I can tell you from personal experience behind the scenes, those last 60 to 90 seconds before we go live on Monday mornings or even before we join you for Bible study virtually, I have to pray. If you've ever been in an in-person Bible class, before we begin, we spend time praying. If you've ever been involved with me preaching, before I began to preach, I've asked God to pray. I teach and train young preachers to see not so much the, the importance of preaching, but see the value of prayer as it relates to preaching. You've got to have a prayer life to deal with this word. And that's what Paul is saying. Paul says, you're going to deal with some folks who don't even want to hear it. The time will come. Isn't that what he said to, to Timothy? That they will not endure sound doctrine. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist and make full proof of your ministry. See, the proclamation of the gospel must be empowered by prayer. The spirit of God uses the word of God to empower his people. And the only way that we can rightly divide the word of truth is we must combine prayer with the word. We cannot separate the word of God from prayer because according to Acts chapter six, verse four, God put them together. God put them together. It is empowered by prayer. But secondly, we must also remember, look at what Paul says in verse four, preaching or proclaiming the gospel is a privilege and a responsibility. It is a privilege and a responsibility. Mm, Y'all see that? It is a privilege and a responsibility. What are you saying to us, pastor? The proclaiming the word is not just limited to the preacher. It's not just limited to the Sunday school or the Bible study teacher. All of us are called 
to proclaim the word of God. My, my good friend, Dr. Charles Darden, who passes the St. James Amy Zion Church in Chesterfield, South Carolina, said recently that we are all called to ministry. We, we may start off a general conversation, but in the course of that conversation, Dr. Darden said, at some point, we need to be bringing Jesus into the conversation. You don't have to be an ordained minister. You don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to be a missionary to share God's word. Every day of your life, you ought to take a moment to be found sharing in daily conversation. You can drop a seed of a word of God just in conversation. You can drop a nugget of wisdom just in how you talk to people. And let me say this because this thing is heavy on my heart to say here real quick. You don't have to be deep and spiritual to do it. Just teach, just, just talk to people. Amen. You, you want to find out one of the biggest turnoffs to the world? One of the biggest turnoffs to the world is when we act holier than we really are. See, people need to see the real us. People need to know that we are not perfect. People need to know that we have issues, we have failures, we have flaws, we have sinned and come short of his glory, we have messed up. We don't always have it together. So we always must remember the privilege and the responsibility that God has given us to share his word. Let's not be afraid to share his word. Amen. If we can share that seed of God's word in our daily conversations, we can then pray and ask God to allow our words. Come on. It's right. There. Come on. Come on. It's right in the word. What, what was the prayer? Here's the prayer. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Every day of our lives, beloved, we need to ask God, let everything I say be fruitful, be pleasing, be, be acceptable in your sight. Amen? Amen. Which brings us to uh, the third point. Let's look real quick at Colossians chapter 4, verses 5 through 9. Colossians chapter 4. Verses five through nine. Look at what Paul says here. Now, he's talked about um, using our words to uh, proclaim, using our words to pray. Let's see what he says in these verses. Verses five through nine. Look at them. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Y'all see it there? Y'all see the word? Verse five and six. Let's stop right there. Let's deal with those two verses real quick. Let's deal with those two verses. All right. Because what we are beginning to see here is we are beginning to see our call to use God's word. Third thing to witness. We're using God's word to witness. Mm-hmm. Dr. Warren Wiersbe said that as Christians, we must never have a sanctified superiority complex. Can I say that again? We must never have a sanctified superiority complex. We must always remember 
that we are no better than anybody else. Amen. We are no better, no better than anybody else. We are no better than the people we're trying to witness to. We are no better than the people that we're trying to help come to a knowledge and an acceptance of Jesus Christ. What's your point, Pastor? Here's the point I'm trying to drive to us today. The point I'm trying to drive to us today is we have a responsibility to witness to the lost around us. Point number three from today's lesson, we use our words to witness. We use our words to witness. We have a responsibility, beloveds. We have a responsibility to witness to the loss around us and seek to bring them into God's family. How do we do it? How do we do it? Well, look, look at verse five. In verse five, Paul said that we must do it with our walk. Letter, letter A under point number three, we witness with our walk. Amen. We witness with our walk. Walk, of course, when we look at the word walk, walk deals with our conduct, how we carry ourselves. How do we act? Are we acting superior because of how long we've been in church? Do we act superior because of how much word we know or we how much word we have memorized? Do we act superior? Because I think about the late Dr. Harold Diggs, who used to say that we would walk around um, wearing a cross heavier than the one Jesus carried to Calvary. How are we carrying ourselves? See, unsaved people, the people who are have yet to accept Christ are very critical of us because of our conduct. We say one thing and then we live another. I told y'all it was going to get tight up in here. It's, it's, it, we, we say one thing, but we live another. And what Paul is basically saying to us in verse five is when it comes to outsiders, we've got to be mindful of the way we carry ourselves. Just because we're suited and booted don't mean we are saved and walking right. Because some folk come to church dressed to the nines and they are full of you know what. I'm going to say it. God knows I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it because it needs to be said. Too many of us sit in church with this air that we have arrived. My daddy said we act like we've been to heaven. We know how, how gold, how white our robe is and how gold our crown is. We know how many stars, how many rubies in our crown. And daddy used to say, you are never going to make it with that sort of attitude. We've got to make sure that we witness, we pay close attention to how we walk. But look at what he says. Verse five, I'm still in verse five. I'm still in verse five. He says that when it comes to outsiders, we must walk in wisdom. What does that mean? What does walking in wisdom mean? Okay. It means that we should be careful, not only what we say, but how we carry ourselves. 
we must be careful not to say or do anything that would make it not only difficult to share the gospel, but even harder for unsaved mankind to receive the gospel. It means we must be alert. We must be awake. We must be prepared to share every opportunity that God gives us to witness. Why? Ephesians 5 and 16 says that we must make the most of our time. Walking in wisdom not only means our words, but it also includes our walk, beloved. Mm -hmm. That basically means that we are doing what we need to do. We must walk honestly, 1 Thessalonians 4 and 12 says, toward them that are without. We got to make sure that our character lines up with our testimony, our integrity. Are we just as real in our living as we are in our sharing the word of God? I think about something I once heard a preacher say to his members from the pulpit. He said, would y'all want to hear me if you knew that I was beating on my wife? He said, would y'all want to hear me preach if you knew that I was drinking liquor to the point of loss of self-control? He said, would you want to hear me preach if you knew that I was sleeping around with other women instead of taking care and, and spending time with my wife? And of course, with every time he asked that question, the congregation would holler out, no, no, no. And he turned it back on him. He said, well, according to the word of God, God doesn't want to hear you either if your life doesn't line up with your witness. See, people, we must understand churches aren't growing because of a lack of membership or because of people moving. Churches aren't growing because we refuse to be real. Amen. We refuse to be real. And I want to tell you, if we are not real with God, real with one another, and real with ourselves, we cannot impact the kingdom for the glory of God. We got to make sure that everything we do say and think brings glory and not shame to the name of the Lord. Yeah, we witness with our walk, beloveds. We witness with godly wisdom. Let her see, and I'm going to stop right here. We witness with our talk. Mm, we witness with our talk. It's, it's not simply enough to walk wisely and carefully before unbelievers. We must also be mindful of how we talk. Look at, look at it. Look at verse 6. He said that we make the best of our time by making sure our speech is always gracious, seasoned with salt. There, there are a couple of things that we got to see here. First thing, our speech must be controlled by grace. We must control our speech with grace. And the only way that we can control our speech with grace is we've got to have grace on the inside of us. Mm -hmm. Colossians 3.16 teaches us that we must have grace in our hearts because it is from the heart, mm -hmm. from the heart, out of the fullness of the heart, the mouth speaks. Didn't Jesus tell them, the disciples, that's one of the issues I got with you. You worship me with your lips, 
but your hearts are far from me. Amen. Luke 4.22, he said, look, we must wonder what they wondered at how all of the words that proceeded out of the mouth of Christ came because they were filled with grace. Ephesians 4.29 teaches us that our speech is supposed to minister grace to the hearers. It can't do that if you don't have it in you. Amen. It must be filled with grace. Let your speech always be gracious. Let me continue. Seasoned with salt. Mm-hmm. Right. Think about it. Think about it, y'all. Think about the power of salt. Salt, in a natural sense, is a preservative. Salt, in, in a food sense, is a seasoning. It enhances. Are your words preserving the lives of people? Are our words as kingdom people preserving the lives of people? Are our words enhancing or adding some flavor to the lives of people? Let me add something to that. Are our words as kingdom people enhancing flavor to the kingdom? Are you talking positively about your church or are you speaking negatively because you can't get what you want? Amen. Are, are, you, are you there pushing and pressing the vision or are you complaining because you can't have your way? Teach JT Worthy. I'm helping somebody this morning. I'm helping somebody. Please let me help you. Please let me help you. We must make sure that our words bring glory and not shame to the name of the Lord. We must make sure that everything we do and everything we say brings glory to God. If it does not bring glory to God, beloveds, we are wasting time. Amen. We witness with our walk. We witness with godly wisdom and we witness with our talk. I'm gonna stop right there. There's some more um, to letter point number three that I'm gonna share with us on next week. Um, I'm gonna dive into it and we're gonna wrap up uh, this particular lesson next week. But of course, as always beloved, I wanna make sure that you are grabbing a hold to the word of God. We must make sure that we are watching our words. We gotta pay attention to what we say. We got to pay attention to how we say it. We got to watch who we say it to. We got to watch how we say it to them. Okay? Words can help. Words can hurt. The right words on the wrong day. Or watch this. The, the wrong words on the right day can hinder the progress of the kingdom. So all I want to tell you, beloveds, in closing, watch your words. Can't help but think about my mama. My mama used to tell me when I started to get a little slick with my tongue, my mama used to always tell me, boy, watch your mouth now. Watch your mouth. And that's where I want to leave us on today. As always, if you have any questions for today's lesson, we didn't get too far, just the first six verses of chapter four, and we're going to pick it up next week. Uh, with um, verse six of Colossians chapter four, and we're going to continue to ride through uh, the remainder of this writing. I want to make sure that you uh, 
have an opportunity to answer, have any questions that you have answered. If you have those questions, please drop them in the comment section. We are behind the scenes um, in both morning and evening classes, and we would be more than happy to be found answering your questions to the best of our ability as God gives us the guidance to do so. Don't forget, beloveds, do not forget, do not forget, uh, we are quickly winding down our time of study of the word of God. I am going to make one small adjustment and I, I want to share that with you now. Um, next Thursday, December the 7th, will be our final New Testament Bible study for year 2023. If all goes well, we will wrap up um, our lesson of the book of Colossians on next Thursday. And rather than start another book of the, of the New Testament and then have you wait three weeks before we resume, I'm going to basically close us out on next Thursday. So next Thursday, um, December the 7th, will be our final New Testament Bible study for year 2023. And the Lord shall say the same. We will resume New Testament Bible study on Thursday, January the 11th. And I am so excited to go ahead and tell you that our next book of study will be the letter of Paul to his spiritual son, Timothy. We are going to take a look at first and second Timothy as our next um, course of study, as we will teach from the subject lessons for the local church. Um, again, I think it's a great buildup as we wrap up Colossians. I think it's a great place for us to build up and continue our walk through the word of God. So I need you to begin as you are wrapping up your study and your reading of the book of Colossians. Please feel free to begin to read first and second Timothy, the first and second letter of Paul to his spiritual son, Timothy. We're going to dive into those, both of those together. It's, it would not do justice or service for me to do one and not do the other. So we're going to do both of them together. And I, I want you to be ready and prepared to walk through the word of God with us um, when we return in January. So quick reminder, next Thursday is our final New Testament Bible study. And New Testament Bible study will resume on Thursday, January the 11th, as we will begin our walk through Paul's letters to Timothy. Going to be an exciting time. Don't forget the announcements and other meetings as they're being held this week. Certainly we'll look forward to seeing you on this coming Sunday as we worship and praise our God together. Look forward to a great, grand, and glorious time in God. The Lord shall say the same. We're wrapping up um, our sermon series, You Don't Know My Story, from Psalm 37. And I tell you, God has truly been speaking to us through that particular psalm, and I'm excited to hear what he's going to say to us on this coming Sunday. Don't forget, it's the last first Sunday of year 2023. We will celebrate our Lord's Supper, and we are privileged this coming Sunday to welcome some new members into the family. God is still adding to the church, and we're going to welcome those who have completed new members orientation and give them the right hand of fellowship on Sunday. So we're looking forward to a great, grand, and glorious time in the name of the Lord. Finally, before I leave you today, I would be remiss if I did not share some exciting news with you uh, as it relates to the New Testament word walk. We have been, as your pastor and servant leader, 
I have always been looking for ways for us to expand our approach and our reach in sharing the preached and the taught word of God. That's one of the reasons why I did not, as we are returning to active membership in in-person worship, I have not discontinued our virtual ministry or the Church Beyond Walls by sharing our worship, Sunday school, and Bible study on virtual and streaming platforms. Well, I am so happy to announce that beginning January 2024, we are expanding yet again. I am so excited to announce to you that beginning in January, the New Testament Word Walk, uh, this Thursday morning Bible study, is now expanding from not only virtual to podcast. That simply means that we are broadening our reach. Our broadcast has already been submitted. We submitted uh, several for them to check out, to listen to, and we have already been approved, beloveds. Oh my God, this is exciting news. We've already been approved to share our New Testament Word Walk Bible study on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Anchor, and also Pandora. If you have any of those virtual listening apps, those music and podcast listening apps connected to your cell phone or your smart devices, all you have to do is go look for the New Testament Word Walk with Pastor Jay. You will find it. Um, some of our sample broadcasts have already been uploaded. I am so excited. We will soon be sharing um, a QR code where you can find the links and begin to link up. We want you to subscribe. We want you to connect. I am so excited and so grateful and thankful to God that he's continuing to give us an opportunity to broaden our reach and to share the word of God around the world. So I want you to be able to connect it um, as it shows up, as the word continues to get out, continue to share it with your family and your friends. Perhaps 11.30 a.m. or 7 p.m. is not good for you. Perhaps they don't have social media, but they want to be able to connect with our Bible study format. Connect them with the podcast. We're going to be sharing more information, but I had to just let you know the good things that God is doing and how God is allowing us to broaden our horizons and expand our reach for his glory. God's blessings be upon you is our prayer. I thank you so much for joining us today for this time of walking through the word. It is my will, but it's gotta be the will of God. We will be together next Thursday to wrap up our study of the book of Colossians and officially close the New Testament word walk for year 2023. I pray that you'll join me at that time. Join me now in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I tell you, thank you today for the power of your word. Thank you for the strength of your word. Thank you that your words order our steps as we allow ourselves to submit and surrender to your will. God, I pray that you would help us to be mindful of what we say. Teach us how to watch our words. Teach us how to watch our actions. Teach us how to watch our attitudes, God. Teach us how to watch our approach to people, oh God. Help us to be mindful of our atmospheres. Help in every area of our lives to be found bringing glory and not shame to your name. We love you so much and we thank you so much for this chance and for every chance that you give us. 
Right now, God, we speak blessings over those who are watching, those who are listening. We ask right now, oh God, that you would bless our podcast to prosper. God, I pray now that you would allow people to connect and be blessed by the word, to be impacted by the word, to have a closer and stronger relationship with you. We love you so much and we thank you for it even now. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name, we pray, we praise, and we proclaim. Amen, amen, and amen. God's blessings be upon all of you is our prayer. We pray that you have a continued blessed rest of the day, rest of the week. We look forward to seeing you in worship on Sunday. But until then, know as always, beloved, we love you all.